Take your Bibles this morning, please, and turn to Genesis chapter 22. Genesis chapter 22. Happy Father's Day. What a great day. Last night, Connie called me. We talk twice a day when she is not in town. When I'm not in town, we usually talk once a day. But she asked me, she says, Tom, she says, is it easier or harder to teach, to preach a Father's Day message as opposed to a Mother's Day message? I don't know if anybody ever asked me that question. And as I thought about it, I thought, you know, it's probably easier to preach a Mother's Day message because a Mother's Day message, you admit how tough it is. You usually walk through and you say being a mom is one of the most difficult jobs that there there ever has been and you work your way through that and you try to encourage moms and and all that kind of stuff and and in a in a in a Father's Day message it it's just kind of taken for granted that you're a super dad. I mean have you thought about this super dad stuff? Uh, think about all of the Father's Day cards, right? Super dad World's best dad. Best dad award. How about this one? My dad rocks. And then we've all been there, done that, got the t-shirt, right? World's greatest dad. But the reality is this. Being a dad is one of the hardest jobs you'll ever love. You may think that's a lousy picture, and it may be, because I took it. This was a t-shirt that one of our guys was wearing on Wednesday night. Your dad, that's right, Paige. But the reality is, none of us really do all that great a job in being a dad. I have a file folder in my, my cabinet that's just stacked full of Father's Day cards. And as I was going through it this past week, this one cropped up, all right? Dad, through the years, I've tried your patience, ruined your sleep, depleted your cash reserves, and slowly driven you crazy. You open it up and it says this, but after all, what are kids for? Happy Father's Day. Now, that was the card, but I want you to see what was written within the card. And this, this is signed peanut. It's our second child, Jennifer. And it says this, Dad, I know that there have been many times that we have shared together and a few not-so-good times, but you are my daddy. There have been times that I have taken your advice and sometimes that I learned for myself that I should have taken your advice. But you remain my daddy. There are times that I made you proud and times that you said, she isn't related to me. But you were always my daddy. Thank you for being my daddy then, today, and forever. Love you. Love Peanut. Now the truth is, that's accurate. But sometimes when she took my advice, it wasn't very good advice. And sometimes when I tried to model things in front of her, I wasn't a very good example. 
And there were times that I said and did things that I will not relate to you because I'm not very proud of some of those things that I said and, and did. My son and I talked last night on the phone. He was texting back and forth. and I thought, I want to hear his voice, so I called him. I know, old school. And as we talked, I, I, I said, Josh, you know, as I think back on your life, I, I wish... I'd have done some things differently. And she said, yeah, I know, Dad. So do I. Not perfect kids, not perfect parents. But the truth is, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. This morning, we're going to do things just a little bit differently as far as the message is concerned. I am going to share with you an event that took place in the life of Abraham and an event that you are very familiar with. I'm going to read the text. It's found here in Genesis chapter 22. And it's the assignment that God gives to Abraham to take his son, his only son, Isaac, the son that he loved. Take him and... Offer him as a sacrifice. Now, I cannot imagine being given that assignment. That, that just doesn't compute. But it's an assignment that Abraham took very seriously, and he fulfilled, and he discovered the wonder of God as God provided another sacrifice. And so I want to read the text and remind you of that event. And then I want to pull from the text four tools that you can use so that you can be a good dad, fill in the blank, wherever you are. Mom, friend, you fill it in. Because the reality is, the psalmist says in Psalm 37, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Amen? And at the end of it all, here's my goal. I just want to be a good dad. If at my funeral service, someone will say, he was a good dad, it'll be all right. He was a good friend. He was a faithful pastor. He was a good, I just want to be good. Because that great stuff is way beyond me. And so I want this morning for us to put in our tool belts some tools that will help us to be the good dad, mom, spouse, friend, worker. Because I'm convinced that's what God wants us to be. None of us will ever be perfect. He'll complete us. And we'll be truly furnished into all good works through his word. But if I can just be good, I believe that will please God. Are you in Genesis chapter 22? Let me just remind us of, of this event that took place in Abraham's life. Beginning with verse 1. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham... And he said, here I am. He said, take your son, 
your only son, Isaac, whom you love, and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey, and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac. And he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place which God had told him. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, you stay here. Stay here with the donkey. I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took in his hand the fire and the knife. So they went both together. And Isaac said to his father, my father. And he said, here I am, son. He said, behold, the fire, the wood, but where's the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. And when they came to the place which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar and put him on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand and took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God, seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son. And may I remind you the son that he loved from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked. And behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. Talk about a God thing. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide. As it is said to this day, on the mount, the Lord, it shall be provided. Gives me goosebumps. God, in his sovereignty, in his goodness, gave Abraham an impossible assignment. And that assignment was given to Abraham with the expectation that Abraham would follow God and would be able to fulfill that assignment. I don't know how I'd have done it. But Abraham did. As we look at this text very quickly this morning, let me just set the stage with four truths, all right? Truth number one is this. No dad fill in the blank is ever perfect. Truth number two. All dads fill in the blank can do better. Truth number three. God gives us everything that we need to do to do better. You believe that? God gives us everything we need to be the kind of people, again, fill in the blank, that God wants us to be. 
And truth number four, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Amen? Now, this morning, I want you to be thinking about what your next step is. What is your next step to be in a good dad, fill in the blank? Because of who our God is. Now, here are the tools. Tool number one, you need to model worship. You need to model worship. The only way that Abraham was able to take his son and go to that mountain and be prepared to offer him as a burnt offering was because he was convinced it was all about worship. It was all about glorifying God. It was all about giving God praise. It was all about God working through his life. The only way that Abraham could do what God asked him to do was to model worship in his life. Now, sometimes we don't understand what worship is all about. We gather this morning in what we call the worship center. But worship's a whole lot more than being here together as an assembly of believers. We sing worship songs. But worship's a whole lot more than just singing songs. Worship is recognizing that everyday expression of God is necessary for our lives. Every day. And frankly, sometimes we don't feel like worship. And when we don't feel like worship, you know what we need to do? Worship. When your kids are driving you nuts and you're ready to strangle them, pause and worship. When your husband or or wife has just gotten under your skin, stop. Worship. Because you see what worship does is it changes our whole focus. And worship is that everyday expression of who God is and God is either good or he's not. And so Abraham had to model this worship in his life. Worship is a lifestyle. It's a lifestyle of our relationship with God. It's behavior that expresses our belief in God. So when you're afraid, stop and worship. When you're angry, stop. Worship. When you're frustrated, when you're upset, when you're confused, and here's a good 21st century word, when you're discombobulated, (sighs) chill in worship. When you're discouraged, worship. As I think about my parenting, I'd have bet a whole lot better off if I'd have taken more time to worship and less time to worry about what all the kids were doing to me. Abraham could never have taken that assignment had he not been convinced that that assignment gave him an opportunity to model worship. 
And I don't know where you are. I don't know what you're facing. I don't know the struggles. I don't live in your home. Of course, you don't know mine either. But I will tell you this. Wherever you are, whatever's going on, it's an assignment that God has given you. You know, God gave you your kids the way your kids are. Sorry about that. God gave you your friends. God gave you your spouse. God, God gave you your co-workers. God gave us each other. And that's the assignment God has given to us that we live out our lives as Christ-like disciples in worship. Wherever you are, whatever's going on, whatever frustrates you, you need to begin with worship because you'll never be able to handle it any other way. And if you try to handle it any other way, you'll handle it badly. Not only did Abraham model worship, but he moved with confidence. I think it's interesting that the text tells us that he called his, his two men together and he, he took the wood and he took the fire and he took the knife. And uh, when they got to the bottom of the mountain, he said, you guys stay here. We're going to go up and we're going to worship and we're going to come back. Now, I don't know what all was going on in Abraham's heart. I really don't. I, I I can't imagine. I really can't. But Abraham knew that this was something that God wanted him to do. And he knew he could do all things through Christ who strengthened him. Amen? And he knew that God would give him the ability to do exactly what God called him to do. Even if it meant taking his only son, his son that he loved, son of his old age, by the way. Abraham didn't become a parent until he was 86 years old, and that was with Ishmael. Isaac was born some 14 years later. You talk about a surprise baby. And so he hadn't had a lot of experience about this parenting stuff. But he knew enough to recognize that if God called him to do something, he could do it. By the way, God had called Abraham to leave Ur of Chaldees and go into a land that he wasn't shown. God had taken away his dad, Terah. Abraham had separated from his nephew, Lot. He'd gone to Egypt and lied about his wife. Remember that? Abraham wasn't perfect. And he'd had all these experiences. But in all those experiences, he had a lifetime of trusting God, knowing that God was faithful. And if we are going to fulfill God's assignment in our lives, we must move with confidence. How much confidence do you have in God? As I said earlier, either God's good or he's not. Get real this morning, will you? How much confidence do you have in a sovereign, almighty God not to give you more than you can handle? Oh, yeah, but you know my kids. You don't know where I work. 
You don't understand my neighbor. Well, yeah, you're right, I don't, but God does. Amen? How much confidence do you have in a holy God? How willing are you to trust God with and fill in the blank? Can you let God be God and accept the results? (laughs) And I could use personal illustration of so many in this worship center this morning that are struggling with that right now. But it's not confidence in your circumstances. It's confidence in who God is. He moved with confidence. He was motivated by love. The second verse that we read in Genesis chapter 22, God had said to Abraham, I want you to take Isaac, your your only son Isaac, the son that you love. He was a son of his old age, miracle baby, surprise baby. And Abraham loved Isaac so much that he was willing to trust God with him. Now, as you think about Abraham's love, You have to begin with by asking yourself, how much did Abraham love God? Isn't that where you start? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. How much do you love God? It's real easy to say, but it's tough to do. Preaching is the easy part. Practicing is the tough part when it comes right down to it. How much do you love your, your family? <laughs> do you love them enough to trust God with them? No, we won't take the time this morning, but I can give you an assignment. Go to Hebrews chapter 11 and begin with verse 8 and read down through verse 19 and find out how God called Abraham and how Sarah bore a, a child even from one who was considered dead. <laughs> Abraham was dead dead reproductively and how Abraham believed that if he did offer his son Isaac God had raised him from the dead boy wouldn't that have been a story I I ask myself I wonder what Isaac and Abraham talked about in the following years my son and I have gone on several golf trips together We talk about those all the time. Those were events that took place in our lives. I wonder what Abraham and Isaac talked about. (laughs) Can you imagine? And it was all because Abraham was motivated by love. Do you love God enough to do what he tells you to do? Even when it's difficult? Impossible, really. And Abraham, lastly, and this is your last tool, mentored the wonder of God. You remember the question Isaac asked Abraham as they went up that mountain? Here's the fire. 
Here's the wood. Where's the lamb? Remember what Abraham said? Did Abraham have a clue how God was going to do that? Now, it was way beyond Abraham. It was a God thing and would have to be a God thing. And Isaac was placed on the altar, and Abraham was ready to fulfill God's assignment, believing that God would raise him from the dead again. And God stopped him. And Abraham looked over. And there was a, you talk about a God thing. There was a ram caught by its horns in a thicket. You know why it was caught by its horns? The reason it was caught by its horns was so there would be no blemish on it, and he could then, it would then qualify as a sacrifice to God. If it had been entangled any other way, it would not have qualified. It's not about a God thing. This morning I got up and sat down with my bowl of cereal. When Connie's gone, I eat more cereal. I got to buy more milk. And I saw a skunk out in our yard. Several things went through my mind. Where's the shotgun? I wonder what all was going through Abraham's mind when he saw that ram caught in the thicket. And by the way, he must have been caught good because Abraham was able to get him and able to then offer him sacrifice. And what did Abraham say? Remember, Isaac, I told you God would provide. <laughs> Isn't quite the way we thought it was going to happen, but God provided, right? Jehovah Jireh. God will provide. So when God gives you an impossible assignment, and frankly, being a Christ-like disciple is an impossible assignment. None of us can do it on our own. But here are four tools that you can use. Model worship. Move with confidence because it's God's assignment. Be motivated by love. And mentor God things in your life. See, being a dad is the toughest job you'll ever love. That's true. But yet it's a job and assignment that God has given to us that we can do. Because there aren't any perfect dads, right? No, dad is perfect. And the reality is that in our lives, all of us can do better. But God gives us everything we need to be the kind of people God wants us to be. Amen? And we can do all things. We can do all things through Christ. So the question I have for you this morning is, what's your next spiritual step? What's the next thing God wants you to do so that you can be a good fill-in-the-blank? We have something for all of our dads this morning. It's a Mr. Good bar. (laughs) 
Now, I didn't choose these because of their nutritional com content. And I didn't choose them because they did have peanuts, and I hope you don't have a peanut allergy, but if you do, I'm sorry. I chose it simply because of the title. The steps of a good man. The steps of a good woman. The steps of a good son or daughter. Co-worker are ordered by the Lord.